Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good morning, everybody. Keith over here, broadcasting live from Pensacola. And uh, I have on the other side of our computer lines this morning, uh, Tom and Paul with us here today to discuss uh, what they do and their businesses. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So uh, Tom, by all means, please do. Sure. Thank you. Uh, I'm Tom Leahy. I'm the uh, the managing partner for Optimum Ed, and I'm here with my colleague, Amanda Team. And uh, we are basically higher education uh, slash life coaches for high school students, um, helping them determine the best direction to go in life and how that translates into the academic path and uh, helping them coach and coach them through that process. Um, I, you know, a more meaningful way to put that perhaps or for families that have parents that have high school kids, uh, I like to say we provide child relocation services. <laughs> right. Cause what high school kid needs, needs help in, in any of those areas. Right. <laughs> so, well, very cool. Well, thank you for being uh, with us this morning. I appreciate it. And yep. uh, Paul. Yes, thanks. Uh, hi, my name is Paul Comfort, and I'm a 30-year um, veteran of the public transportation industry and government. Uh, I was CEO of the MTA in Baltimore uh, and county administrator, in, which is like the CEO of county governments in two counties here in Maryland. And now I'm vice president of uh, business development for the world's largest transportation technology company called Trapeze. And recently, I've written a book along with nine of my fellow CEO colleagues from the transit industry, called Full Throttle, Living Life and Your Career to the Max with No Regrets. I also host uh, a top business podcast here in the U.S. called Transit Unplugged, where I interview public transit CEOs around the country. And we just were announced that we won uh, a first place award for the American Public Transit Association uh, Ad Wheel Awards this year. And we were uh, ranked as the number 11 business podcast on iTunes last year. And so happy to be with you on your podcast and kind of spread the love a little bit of message of uh, how public transportation and leadership there can improve people's lives across the nation. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations on your success and, and thanks for being here with us. Thank you. So, Absolutely. Um, uh, all right. So, so Tom, let's just get right into it. I don't know a high schooler yet who uh, probably couldn't use your advice, I'm sure. But um, like, give me the brief rundown. How'd you get into this? Uh, yeah, was many years ago, uh, about 1995, I uh, got into financial services uh, business and uh, became a financial advisor. And I almost immediately uh, was confronted with questions uh, about financial aid um, and higher education from a couple of clients. And of course, that wasn't on the exam that I had just taken. So um, I you know, did a little tab dancing and started doing research and uh, very quickly got very, very passionate and uh, intrigued with the whole higher education and, and financial aid uh, system. Um, and, uh, the more I got into it, how impactful it is and how it can really devastate a family financially if, you know, not done correctly. And, uh, so I began, um, sort of coaching kids on the side as I built, built my wealth management business over the years. Um, and so seven years ago, um, I sold my, uh, wealth management partnership to do this full time. That's how passionate and how important I think it is uh, to provide a platform for parents and students to make better decisions 
um, about the direction they're going in life and about higher education and that investment. So that's how we got here. Okay. So, uh, you know, question is, why didn't you think that some of that should, shouldn't that be common knowledge at this point? I mean, we all know that uh, this, the you know path that you should take of, of high school and college and then on to you know maybe your master's or whatever. But yeah. shouldn't the um, the process of, of making sure that you're secure for that shouldn't it be common knowledge these days? Uh, you would you would think that, but you'd be surprised at the the misinformation and the 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 misstarts that occur with young people. I mean, I I don't start throwing out statistics, but the numbers are appalling when we talk about. Um, the number of college, first-time college students that drop out, um, you know, in the first year and never return, and the low graduation rates that we have. Um, the higher education system for most families uh, is tremendously inefficient um, for any number of reasons. You know, the cost, uh, the debt that students walk away with, unmarketable degrees that they pursue, and then, you know, they exasperate the problem by going back to get additional, you know, education because they didn't, um, you know, get a major in something that was marketable the first time. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really, you know, about helping make better plans ahead of that investment in higher education. I mean, it just costs too much today for a family to send, for most families to send their, their child off to, to college to find themselves. So, <laughs> which um, is what, which know, is what we're all doing, all right? <laughs> which, Do what? Yeah, which is what? It's what they're all doing, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, Exactly. And so, you know, is it right that we ask a 17, 18 year old to make those kind of decisions? You know, probably not. But that's a debate for another day. You know, but the fact is, economically, most families have to do a better job of, of determining the, the best direction for their students so that they can cut down on the turmoil that occurs in college. And so, you know, kids spend additional time and additional money trying to get educated when if better planning up front could have precluded some of that. And again, you know, it, it all impacts their, their feeling of uh, fulfillment and happiness, um, you know, and, and self-confidence when they, they drop out and, and they, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's not a, a, a good scenario for, for a lot of kids. And so we are about helping them find a way forward. One of the things that we do also, uh, we spend a lot of time figuring out who the unique student is and what they're all about, because that is really going to determine, you know, what college are they going to be a good fit for and what career are they going to be a good fit for? So it's all about planning ahead so that you don't spend another year in college and another twenty-five dollars to $30,000 onto the cost of college. Okay. So, so what are some, so everything, yeah. So everything we do starts with investment process. We spend a lot of time there. I mean, we, contract uh, with the large um, international uh, assessment firm for their student product. And we probably spend five to six hours in, in that place trying to, to determine the best direction in terms of, you know, what should you be when you grow up? Not necessarily what you want to be. Mm -hmm. You know, if we do a good job there, the rest of it is really basically planning backwards. Um, and so that's what we're, you know, and that's, based what our process is based on is, is, is that philosophy that, you know, the, the paradigm has shifted. It's, the degree is no longer the end game. It's the job and career that that degree and that major delivers. 
Yeah, very much so. I think, and, and I've watched since, um, even since I've come out of high school and, and out of college, I've watched even the, the, the schools start to change a little bit. Whereas now you can take uh, some direct paths. Like if you want to be an engineer, you can take a direct path all the way from, from, you know, your fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth grades all the way through high school. Or if you wanted to do, you know, chemical biology, you can take a, a thing or if you want to do STEM or you want to do, um, technology. Whereas, when I was in school, it was all just general studies and you just kind of sort of figured it out. So when you got to college, you kind of had to figure right. it out. And so that's why you were all trying to find yourself is because you now had options that you didn't have before. So exactly. What do yeah. you, what do you think? Every is, school system has different things to offer. I mean, we, we operate nationally. Um, and so, you know, uh, there's different circumstances, but the, you, you're right. The options are much more robust today than they, they were before. But again, it's, you know, having some sort of, Per, you know, process and tool to, to, to make better decisions. I mean, up here, you know, eighth graders are making decisions in, about high school that can affect the rest of their academic life. And, you know, how do they, how do parents, how do students make those kind of decisions? You know, it's, it's based on presumption for the, for the most part, you know, Johnny's good at math. So, you know, he ought to apply to the, the math magnet school or, or whatever. And that may be the worst choice, you right. know, based on who Johnny really is. Um, and so we can help, you know, frame those kind of, um, So what do you think are, are just a couple quick pointers for the parents, uh, that are, that are facing these kinds of decisions or, or helping their kids? Like what are some things that they need to think about in order to plan effectively and, and come out of this on the other side ahead of the game? Plan ahead. Yeah. And so and not, you think that involves just, you know, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or like you said, you reverse engineer. So, you know, no, yeah, no, I, well, there's, it's a the more holistic than that. I think, you know, the success is based on a lot more than simply academic performance. Right. I mean, yeah. it is, you know, the, the, there's characteristics and attributes that we need to, you know, help our, our, our children attain. And that starts at an early age, but to understand that just, GPA and, and test scores are not going to make uh, someone successful. Yeah, it so is, there's, it is a mix you got to work days. on that part of it too. Uh, but and 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 you know, do not try to pigeonhole. You know, open them up and, and, and show them what's out in the world. You know, what are all the options? And, and that exploration and discovery is hugely important for a young person. Yeah. What do you guys do when, when, when maybe college isn't the answer for the student, maybe, maybe going into college right away, isn't the, the path that they need to take? How do, how do you guys face those yeah. things? Other options. And that's one of the beautiful things about uh, working with us is we really take a holistic approach. We have this assessment and it's not a test and it's not like a Myers-Briggs or anything like that. It's an assessment um, that looks at learning style and behaviors and it looks at interests. And at the end of that, we can tell who this student is and it gives you know a list of jobs that the student would be a good fit for. Um, and so because you know a four-year degree and a four-year college is not necessarily the right path for everyone, and so we recognize that, and we have a, uh, other and, and outreach for the trades. You know there are a lot, lot of needs for more HVAC, more plumbers, more electricians. I have the best success story 
we have a student that um, had has a mother that is uh, a PhD and a father that's high up in a, a credit card company and their son, you know, they were trying to push along this college uh, track, you know, let's work on getting him into college and, and do all of those things. And, and that was just not uh, the right fit for him as a person. When he took our assessment, he was very hands-on, he was very mechanical, creative, and he was not going to be, um, you know, he was going to go on a different path, which is wonderful. So we found that path for him. He interviewed with um, a, an electrical company, and he's working for that company, and they are paying for him to go to school to become an electrician and get his certifications. So we do have, uh, we have spent a lot of time learning who the student is and we have other avenues. Maybe it's the military, maybe it's a trade. Um, you know, it's just every unique student, um, you know, needs the opportunity to see what options are out there besides just let's go to college, get a degree and something. Yeah. Right. You there? You're falling out a little bit. Beginning and then we build that path for them. Very neat. Very neat. Well, uh, okay. So if anybody's interested in uh, getting some more information or uh, finding you guys to do some work with you, where can we send them to? Well, you can email me at a team, and my last name is team, just like football team, T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-A-T-E-
And um, two of my children are in community college, uh, have been through community college uh, and graduated, and, and now another one's in it. And uh, like they said, it's a low-cost alternative, uh, which is important, especially when kids are trying to figure out what they're going to do. And so it uh, sounds like they've got a great program to help evaluate young people. And um, kind of where we're, uh, it's a good segue into what I wanted to talk about was that, you know, once you go to college and you graduate, a lot of people are then moving into their career. And many of them want to go into management. And so um, that's what I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about today is my book, Full Throttle, uh, which is basically a self-help guide for people who want to go into management. It's written by me and nine other CEOs, people who have been um, you know, in their career, risen up through the ranks to the top uh, of their chosen profession. So 10 CEOs, 30 chapters in this book called Full Throttle. So I'm I'm curious, how did you get nine CEOs to slow down enough to write three chapters each? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I actually wrote 21, and they they, they wrote. Oh, you, you let them off the hook easy then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. They're all friends of mine and from the business. So I spent most of my career, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, in the public transportation arena. Uh, ended up as CEO of the MTA in Baltimore, which is the 11th largest public transit system in America. Yeah. We had 5,000 employees and contractors, a billion dollar budget. And so these are other transit CEOs. And each of us had lessons that we learned in our lives. And that's what this book was about. Over my career, I'm an inductive thinker. I kind of pull things together instead of breaking them apart. And I pulled together these lessons. And uh, these are lessons that I've spoken about as keynote speaker at conferences all over the country and spoken as um, college and high school graduation speakers, commencement speakers. And I thought, you know, I want to pull some of these lessons together and put them in a book. So that's what I did. And then I asked these other guys to do the same. And basically, the theme of the book is that there are times in your life when things aren't going exactly the way you want them to. And the way to get out of the rocky shoals, so to speak, if you're in a boat, is sometimes you have to go full throttle. You have to kind of punch through. And, um, and on the other side, you're able to make it through. And so there's story after story in the book and lessons learned with practical application for people who want to move ahead in their career, in business or in government, transportation or any field. So what do you think are some just some basic uh, easy tips for somebody who's thinking about going into management? I know for myself, um, I was a chef for 25 years before this, so I'm familiar with the hands on and, wow. and lots of people. But had I known some of the things about management before then there, I would have handled things a lot differently. But what are some of those things you think that they need to think about? Right. Well, one of the chapters is called Do Not Despise the Day of Small Beginnings, and that's a quote from the Bible. And the theory behind it is basically, you know, I tell a story of my life, how it started out as the transportation coordinator for my home county's Department of Aging. I had, you know, 10 drivers, a handful of buses, and grew that to become uh, the top public transportation system in America. We won an award in 1991 for the best community transportation system in America. And uh, But the, the lesson is, I learned from the bottom. So many kids today, tying in with our theme from the previous guests, they want to start at the top, you know, and uh, you can't always start at the top. You need to start sometimes at the bottom, but while you're there, don't be bitter about it. Learn from there. It's like if you're in the bowels of a ship, you know, in the old days, a big steamer, and your job is to shovel the coal into the, um, into the engines of the, uh, of the ship, you, you know, you should take that time to learn all you can about the engine and the motor because you're going to need that information later on when you're captain of the ship. And so I really encourage people to 
take the opportunity when they're when they don't have a lot of responsibility to learn everything they can about their area of responsibility and then learn about other people's responsibilities and how the whole organization works from inside. That'll help you as you move up in the organization. So that's one of the tips is um, take advantage of the time when you're lower in an organization to learn all you can about it so that you can be an expert. Uh, and when you're called on and you volunteer for the opportunities that arise, you'll be ready to rise to the top. You know, that's one of the things these days. Uh, there is no substitute for the school of hard knocks, that is for sure, and for hands-on experience. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the, uh, in fact, I've noticed this with my children in the schools and stuff, but, you know, the textbook can only get you so far. There is the world of practicality and how it actually really unfolds. And I don't, you know, there's a big gap there usually between what you read and what actually happens. So uh, I, I, would, I would support you on, on that tip 100%. And I think if you were going to... Um, if you're going to get into something, you, the more hands-on you can be, the the better off you're going to be at the end. So, what about if I'm like, that's right. What if I'm like, I'm not sure if I want to manage other people. Like, how do I know if I'm going to be a good fit to do that? How do I know if it's going to be something I like, or you know, am I going to have to just go find out and see what's up? Or is there anything that you can think that will sort of give me a hint of of whether I'm qualified for that? Excellent. Uh, one of the chapters uh, is is called Character Counts, and it's a a talk that I've given probably a hundred times over the last decade. And it's the three, the three C's of leadership. And so what I look for in a leader as I'm promoting people in an organization or even in my own life is the three C's, which is character, competence, and communication. And I think if you want to move up in an organization, you have to have some level of all three of those. Character is, you know, you remember when Bill Clinton was president and everybody said, oh, does character count? Uh, it does count. Uh, character is really uh, integrity, doing what's right when no one's looking. Are you willing to shoulder up to the harness and pull with all your might to move in the right direction at work? Are you the one or are you the one that at 430 you check out the minute it hits the clock because you want to get home and go out and drink or do whatever you want to do uh, after work? If you're someone who has character, who understands that my job is to get this job done. So if I need to stay a little later, I'm going to stay a little later and get the work done. Are you someone who is working hard? Or are you playing on Facebook on your phone when you should be working? Those are the kind of things you need to look at in yourself and others to determine if you have the character to become a leader. Because when you are a leader, uh, you're going to be left alone to manage people, and you've got to have the integrity to be able to um, be counted on to do the work even when you're not being watched. Yeah. The second one is competence. Are you technically competent in your abilities to do the work, but also do you have the ability to lead people, to motivate them? I love Jerry Brown, the, the uh, just previous governor of uh, California. One of his um, quotes earlier in his career or paraphrase from it was, you know, how do you know if you're a leader? And he's like, basically, I turn around and see if anybody's following me. <laughs> and, uh, and so um, that is a test of leadership. Do you have people following you? Even in your current role, are you, um, are, are you a leader? Are people looking to you for leadership, even if you have no official title? That's a good test to see, you know, will people follow me in this role? Will they respect me? And finally, communication. Leaders in the 21st century cannot lead from sitting behind a computer or at their desk. They've got to be able to communicate verbally and good, uh, with good technique and writing as well. Those are the three C's we look for. Look, look for them in yourself. And if you don't have them, you can grow them. You can take you know, a public speaking course or join Toastmasters. Uh, I, I actually, one of my recent jobs, sent all my top managers to Dale Carnegie School on public speaking. And they loved it because a lot of them did not have the ability to kind of speak in front of a group. And when you're in a leadership position, you almost always have to be willing to lead from the front. 
And so those are the three C's of leadership that I would look at if I wanted to move into a leadership position. Very neat. Very neat. So I want to know uh, what, what'd you pull from the public transit authority uh, um, uh, or the public transit world that you were in and what, did, what, what good tips did you pull from it and how did you apply them to every other business out there? That's good. Um, well, I think, um, I think one of them is that, uh, let me give you a story from Robbie Mackinnon, who's the CEO of Kansas City Area Transit. Robbie's a good friend of mine, and um, he's the only blind CEO of a transit system in America. He went blind as an adult six years ago. The nerves in his eyes just went dead and disconnected from his eyes, and they couldn't do anything about it. He went to, you know, all the greatest hospitals, and so he, he kind of, uh, you know, he told me, Paul, I kind of did a curl up in a ball and want to die thing, you know. He's in his, you know, in his 40s when this happened. And, um, and then, you know, he had married with kids and, uh, he realized that that approach wasn't going to get him anywhere. You know, his kids were worried about him. Is this going to happen to me, dad? And, and uh, he said, you know what, I've got to, um, pull myself together and make the most of this situation. And that's a theme of the book, making the most of the situations you're in. And so he really looked within himself and he told me, Paul, I actually got new for my transit system. He was on the board of a transit system in Kansas city at the time. And he realized that as a, as a, person now with a disability he likes to call it diversability the paratransit system there in the city was not really functional for him he could not get around well on it so he got a vision for it and got himself hired as ceo of the system and created a brand new service unlike anything else in america and now everyone else is copying him and it's called ride casey freedom it's kind of like an uber service or a lyft service for people with disabilities where you don't have to call a full day in advance and, and book your appointment to go where you want to go. You can call right now, see it on your phone, have the vehicle come and pick you up at your house, take you where you want to go. Uh, and now they've expanded it this last year to everyone in the Kansas City area. And the general public pays a little bit more, and they subsidize the trips for people with disabilities. So taking his new uh, divertibility, as he likes to call it, and turning it around and turning it into a positive where he could get a great new vision for how to improve service for hundreds of thousands of people. And that's a lesson that you can take to any job you're in. There may be situations in your career right now where your boss is, is cheating uh, or is making you look bad or, you're, or, or is a mean to you. Take those situations and analyze them. Think about the pain you're experiencing now and figure out how can I turn this around like a Rubik's Cube that's all messed up and turn it correctly so it all matches and aligns the way it's supposed to. The colors are in order. We can all do that. One of the chapters I wrote, was called third times a charm and it's about the three times i've run for public office i ran for county commissioner when i was 21 i was state's attorney in my 30s and then i ran for county commissioner again in my uh, early 50s and that time i won but the first two times i did not win for office um and the third time i did win and every time uh even when i lost i was able to turn them around into great positive uh turns for my career i got the best jobs i'd ever had out of running for office. And the third time when I won, uh, I was also friends with our governor, Larry Hogan, in Maryland. And um, he picked me to head up the state transit administration, which was the top of my career ladder. And so I ended up resigning after six months so I could take this other job because I couldn't hold both positions. And so the point of that is that um, even in life when things don't turn out the way you want to, or they do turn out the way you want them to, there's still a twist to be had. And you can turn those situations into even if they're stumbling stones, you can turn them into building blocks to really advance your life and career. If you'll, you know, have a positive attitude, look for, look for answers, look to your friends, look to your faith, 
uh, and keep your eyes on the prize. Turn those into positive situations for your career to reach the top, to live full throttle. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said with your with your story about uh, was it Robbie? Um, uh, yes, Robbie. Yes, that walking uh, a mile in somebody else's shoes really is valuable and and should be done more times than not uh, because you may you, you may learn to, a thing or two, you know. And so exactly I'm sure right. everybody yep. now is is totally thanking him for for you know going through that. And uh, a very cool story, very very um, uh, awesome thing for somebody to be able to 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 go from from tragedy to uh, you know, making things uh, spectacular, and, and not only that, but building something greater than themselves, which which is what I always love to look for is is the legacy that people can leave. So, very neat. Um, That's right. That's great stuff, Paul. Thank you. I I, I want to just get this in there as part of the Robbie story. Is that uh, even when things in our life aren't working out well, uh, it's I think we really need to live with intention. Meaning, don't just you know we we are in a river of life, so to speak. But we need to think about what our end destination is. You remember the Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland when mm-hmm. she said to the Cheshire Cat when she was at a fork in the road, which way should I go? And the cat said, well, where are you headed to? And she said, I don't know. And he said, either road will do. And so that's the truth about life. You don't want to climb the ladder of success your whole life and career only at the end to find it was leaning against the wrong wall. And so I really encourage people, young people that we were talking about and older people to analyze what are my interests? And what are my skills? And where those two intersect, I believe that is your destiny. And that's what you need to focus on. Your training on and your career focus needs to be where your interests and your abilities intersect. And that's how you live full throttle. But even when life throws you a curveball, like it did for Robbie Mackin, where as an adult, he goes blind, he still is able to say, I'm going to turn this around and help others with it. My focus is on I want to. I want my life to really live to the max and not have any regrets at the end. So I'm not going to let this thing get me down forever. I mean, sometimes things happen and they knock us down, but I'm going to stand up, brush myself off, and move forward with purpose toward my destination. Very I hope neat. there's a lot of young people listening. Yeah, well, then there will be, Thank and you. and uh, we actually we have lots of listeners, so I'm sure some of them uh, will be very open to the messages that uh, that you guys are, are talking about. So. Um, uh, Paul, if uh, anybody's interested in uh, finding out more information or getting in touch with you or booking for speaking or your podcast, where can we send them to? Yep. So you can get me on paulcomfort.org is my website. I have a podcast called Transit Unplugged. Uh, you can just find that on iTunes, Spotify, or transitunplugged.com. And the book is available on Amazon. It's called Full Throttle. Just type in Full Throttle Book, Paul Comfort. It's, for, it's an e-book and it's a, a paperback book. And I've speak at conferences all over the country. Uh, I just got back from Denmark where I was speaking. I'm headed to Australia on a speaking tour in March and then to England speaking at conferences and signing books. I'll do one in El Paso at the beginning of March. Uh, And so I'm available if people want to talk to me or have me uh, come speak to your organization. I'm happy to do so. So so let me ask you, Paul, when you visit all of these new places, do you take the public transportation? I do. Yes, I ride public transit in, uh, in uh, pretty much every city I go to, and I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's another place people can find me, Paul Comfort and LinkedIn. I put up a post every single day. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I think I'm the number one person on LinkedIn in the public transit arena with tens of thousands of followers. And I put up a post every day about leadership in the public transit industry and a lot of pictures from when I visit city transit systems. I visited 40 public transit systems in the last year all over the world. And uh, there's all kinds of lessons learned. This guy, Robbie Mackinnon, that I talked about, not only did he write a chapter for my book, but I've got an interview with him, a 30-minute interview. 
on my show, Transit Unplugged, if you want to hear more about him. And uh, he'll be coming to my conference that I throw in Tampa uh, with my company called uh, Think Transit on um, April 15th. And he'll be speaking at a CEO roundtable in front of hundreds and hundreds of people there and signing autographs for the book as well there. Very neat. Well, we're not far from Tampa. As a matter of fact, we're opening a studio down in the Orlando Tampa way uh, later this year. So uh, maybe we'll be able to hook up with you down there. That'd be kind of neat. I'd love that. Very cool. Well, guys, we're getting to the uh, to the end of our time here, so let me get us out of here. But uh, stay on the line with me because we've got some things to go over when uh, we get done. But I want to thank uh, all of you for being here very uh, very much and, and really appreciate uh, the good stories and the great content this morning. It's uh, it's nice to thank you. you. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thanks. God bless you. All right, you guys, you can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Picola BRX on Facebook, or you can find us on our website at businessradiox.com, or you can find us on our live stream at businessradiox.live. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters. Mm-hmm.